Bills Talks podcast, where we talk NFL, fantasy football, and everything sports. We come here to get the most trustworthy, unbiased, and logical takes in all of sports. I am your host, Tyler Folsom. Buckle in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the TFOLS Talks podcast. We have finished up week eight of the NFL season. Um, got a lot of things to talk about today in the podcast, but I'm trying to keep the episodes relatively short. I know at the beginning, most of my episodes were pushing 40, 50 minutes, and now I'm trying to squeeze down the information into around 30 minutes. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the Sunday night football game in week eight. Going to be talking about the Monday night football game, Patriots-Jets. Going to be going over my MVP rankings, my Offensive Rookie of the Year rankings. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a lot football, as usual. But as you guys know, before we get into that stuff, I have to bring up the sponsored segment of this podcast. And the official sponsor is Anchor FM. Anchor FM provides the best service to create your own podcast. You can record, edit, and publish your podcast professionally right on the Anchor FM website. The best part about it is Anchor FM distributes your podcast for you to a plethora of sources, including Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. You can get Anchor FM today for free and start your own podcast. All right. Week 8's in the books. We're now on the latter half of the NFL season. Um, Before I get into football, I I think, you know, this is a pretty good accomplishment for the NFL with all of, you know, I think the season was kind of up in the air. People didn't really know how it was going to work out with no fans. Are there going to be fans, maybe limited capacity fans? Um, And it seems like it really has all worked out. We had that one little COVID scare. Um, the Patriots had it going. I think that was around week four, along with the Titans. Had COVID a lot. Um, but it seems like the teams are really taking good precautions. It, um, You know, the, the games are still going on. It, it's, it's like same old, same old football like any other season. You know, the only difference is that there's no fans or – limited capacity fans. Um, And I would like to see more, if not all stadiums, you know, have the limited capacity fans. You know, I I don't think there has been any information saying that the NFL stadiums that have had the limited capacity fans have have had a spike in COVID at all, right? I'm not sure about all of the stadiums that have it, but I know the Chiefs are having fans in their stadium. I know the Jaguars are having fans in their stadium. The Bucks are. And the Falcons are. It seems like a lot of teams down south are doing that. Um, But I I would like to see a lot more teams do that, though, because quite honestly, if you're socially distanced in an outside area with masks on, I feel like it's it's a pretty safe thing, and it the the fake crowd noise it just seems weird. I don't know if anyone else has like caught on to that, but it's just like seems like it's a loud stadium, but the reactions are like delayed. 
uh, like if you really pay attention to these games that don't have fans, the the fake crowd noise is like a big play would happen, like a touchdown or something, and then the crowd would erupt. Like we'll say like three four seconds later, and that just it just doesn't seem right. And, and for the teams that do have fans in their stadium, I, I would say. I would say it sounds like a normal crowd. Like I know the Buccaneers stadium has one fourth capacity. So I think it's around 15,000 people I would say. And that's definitely enough people to, to have a good crowd and have a good crowd noise. So, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad that we're this far into the season and it's looking like we're going to be able to finish the season, which is great news. Um, I know that there is news out there about the COVID vaccine coming out. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about that or not, but from what I have heard, uh, it's 90% um, success rate. It's going to be $20 per dose, and it's going to take two doses for it to work. Seems like they have tested 40,000 people so far, and it's been been pretty successful results. Like I said, 90%, which is a good number. Um, and it sounds like the earliest that they're going to be able to release it um, would be three months from now. So if everything is still going well, I, I know they're still on the last stage of testing, um, like doing a bunch of analysis and, and lab testing and all that. I think three months is the date that's going to be like the earliest possible. So that seems like that's right around when the Super Bowl would be. I mean, that would be really cool. Like uh, like the first full NFL game back would be the Super Bowl. That would be like one of the hypest Super Bowls ever. Although the Super Bowl is being played in Tampa and they're already letting – uh, one fourth of the fans in there, so um, yeah, I don't really know what's gonna be happening with the playoffs and Super Bowl, but for right now, the NFL situation looks quite good. All right, with that being said, I'm gonna be going over Sunday Night Football. Um, yeah, the the Saints absolutely took the doors off of the Buccaneers. They absolutely destroyed them. It was the biggest blowout of a game I've seen in a long time. And and it's sad to see the Buccaneers, which I am a fan of, you can judge or not. I'm a Tom Brady fan, meaning I am a Bucs fan. And it's just one of those games when nothing goes right for the Buccaneers so if you're a Buccaneers player, if you're part of the Buccaneers, you just have to forget about that game. If you're a Buccaneers fan, you just have to forget about that game. Pretend it didn't happen, even though it did, and it was a big game because the Bucs lost the lead in the NFC South, and the Saints are now leading in the NFC South, which means that the Buccaneers are in a wildcard position right now. So, so what happened? I'm sure... People are looking at that score, waking up the next morning on Monday and be like, holy shit, 38 to 3? The Buccaneers lost 38 to 3? I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Um, when I went into some like film analysis, I would say the main piece 
was the linebacking core of the Buccaneers not being able to cover. I saw many situations. I think both touchdowns by the tight ends were scored when linebacker Devin White was kind of being lackadaisical in coverage. He had his eyes in the backfield a little bit too much. And Devin White is a really athletic linebacker. He's very fundamentally sound. But it just seemed like he was too eager to look in the backfield, maybe like try and go after the quarterback, leaving his assignments, not being in his position in zone coverage. And with that being said, it wasn't just the linebacker, linebacker core's fault. Like I don't think anyone on the Buccaneers really covered that well. And the Saints offensive line had a day. No one was getting pressure on Drew Brees. Drew Brees had all day in the pocket and was just finding the open receiver. The Bucs were playing a soft zone, so it was a lot of, you know, 10-yard 10 10-yard 10 slants or maybe, like, little stop curl routes. Um, a lot of short stuff, like, over the middle. And that's where you can really expose zone defenses that are running either a cover two where it's open in the middle or they have two linebackers rushing four where, once again, there's something open in the middle or the Saints are running a spread offense when you have to have your nickel cornerback playing in man coverage where you can beat him outside or beat him through the middle. And, yeah, it was just the complete opposite Saints offensively versus Buccaneers offensively. Saints offensively, Taysom Hill looked like looked like the best running back, wide receiver, quarter, like all of it. Taysom Hill is the perfect like Swiss Army knife, like the perfect player that can literally be in any position. He he can play quarterback, he can play receiver, he can play running back. Um, this game he had forty eight passing yards. 54 rushing yards on seven carries, and he had 21 receiving yards. If you're a defensive coordinator playing against Taysom Hill, I really don't know how you're going to game plan for him because he can do everything. You don't know what he's going to do. He's going to be playing quarterback. If he's playing quarterback, he can still run the ball. He can go to receiver and catch the ball. Like, you have to treat him like a normal wide receiver. And I don't think the Buccaneers are really ready for that. Um, and when Taysom Hill is playing that type of wildcat formation when he's at quarterback and running the ball, that just adds another blocker. And he's tough. He can run people over. It's like it's like watching like a mean running back. Like Taysom Hill's a different breed. I've never seen someone like him. Props to Taysom Hill. But I think one of the reasons why why the Bucks lost is in the NFL it's it's one of the sports out of the main four where it's almost all execution. Right? In the NBA, you can have talented players like James Harden or like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, any of these stars and you're going to get a guaranteed 25, 30, 35 points out of them. And it's on them, and they don't have to rely on anybody else. Well, that's not the case for football. Everyone, it's it's a much more of a team sport. Everyone has to contribute. If Brady's on his A game and is getting 
and, and the defensive line is getting to Brady within within one and a half seconds, Brady's not going to have a good day. If the offensive line is blocking well and Brady is just completely inaccurate, it's not going to be a good day. If both the offensive line and Brady are having a good day, but the receivers are just not finding any room to get open, then it's not going to be a good day. Like football is a is a is a well-oiled machine and everything has to work. And the fact that the offensive line was very bad for the Buccaneers, the Saints had so many sacks. Let me let me add up all the sacks that they had. Three, four, five. Saints had six sacks against Tom Brady, which is way too much. And Brady also threw three interceptions. Uh, like I said, the offensive line wasn't playing well. Brady was slightly off on many throws. I remember there was a deep throw to Gronkowski that it was like a go route type type of um, Gronkowski's route, which is that tight end slot right down the seam, that little seam route that he runs. He got over the safety and – he definitely had a step on his defender, and he kind of bodied him, but it, he, Brady just overthrew it by a yard. And then there was a slant play by Gronk in the back of the end zone. That's usually a Brady to Gronk bread and butter touchdown that Brady threw a little bit behind him, and Gronk could have caught it, but he dropped it. Um, Brady had Antonio Brown open deep one time, and he underthrew him. At the end of the day, nobody on the Buccaneers had a good game. I think if you're the Buccaneers, you have to forget about this. And one of the only good things that you can take away from this is that you still have everyone. I don't think anyone had a big injury this game. You still are are healthy offensively. I know they were missing their left guard. Um, the Buccaneers were. So hopefully he can come back for next game. And Antonio Brown, he, he looked good. He was making pretty athletic, nice catches. He looked like the Steelers – Antonio Brown, I think he's still a really good receiver. And Saints, they're looking good. They're looking like they're the team to beat again in the NFC. Um, maybe the Saints are just the kryptonite of the Bucks. You know, the Bucks are now 6-1 and one against non-Saints teams, and they're 0-2 against the Saints. So take that as you will. Um, but, yeah, Sunday Night Football, the Saints blew the doors off of the Bucks. And, and by the way, when I was talking about, you know, you have to really, really play well and it doesn't just come about talent. The Saints clearly played well. The Buccaneers have much more talent. If I read to you the Saints players that scored, they're a bunch of no-names, clearly not as talented as the Buccaneers, but they just, they just worked harder and they just performed better. Everything just kind of went their way. Um, other than Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara scoring, their other scores were Adam Trotman, Josh Hill, and Traquan Smith. So a bunch of no-namers that were scoring. Um, really good game for the Saints, very bad game for the Bucks. And now I'm going to talk about Monday Night Football. Patriots beat the Jets barely. And when I'm talking barely, like, the, the Patriots had to come back, had to make a fourth-quarter comeback in order to beat the Jets. Um, Patriots win 30-27 on a Nick Folk game-winning field goal. I mean, you, you beat the 0-9 Jets. 
Did everyone expect you to win? Yes. Did you underperform against the Jets? Yeah. The defense isn't looking good. I know Gilmore was out, but the fact that the Patriots' defense let up 27 points to the Jets, not looking good. This is not the same Patriots' defense that we all we all saw last year. It just is not. Um, the Patriots aren't getting any pressure on the quarterback. They only had one sack. Uh, J.C. Jackson, I know he slipped and got beat deep. I think he got beat deep twice. So J.C. Jackson had a bit of an off game, although he still had that interception in the fourth quarter that was very clutch and probably won them the game. But, you know, he kind of deserved a play to get back at all the times that the receivers roasted him down the field. Um, Yeah, this Patriots team, I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't. The three and five, the Bills are seven and two, so they're four games out of the playoffs. Uh, they're four games out of the AFC East lead. the The Dolphins are five and three, so they're two games behind the Dolphins. Um, uh, one good takeaway that you can take out of this Monday Night Football game is Jacoby Myers looked real good. Jacoby Myers had 12 catches for 169 yards. And with Edelman out, it seems like Jacoby Myers is now going to be that wide receiver one that is going to get a lot of targets. Um, Jacoby Myers has a very similar story to Julian Edelman, which is kind of crazy, right? Um, Jacoby Myers played – as a high school quarterback. And funny enough is that he grew up in the Atlanta area in Georgia, and that's where Cam Newton also grew up. So here's a little backstory that you probably didn't know about Jacoby Myers and Cam Newton. Well, Cam Newton, during the offseason, he lives in Atlanta, like I said. Um, Well, that's his hometown, so, you know, he goes back to there. Um, And he was helping the local... Atlanta high school quarterbacks. And so he was, you know, working on their game, uh, teaching them some tips here and there. And one of the quarterbacks was Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers went on to North Carolina State, started as a quarterback, and then switched over to wide receiver. He was kind of that mobile quarterback type of thing. And he was shifty enough and athletic enough to play wide receiver. And that is almost the same exact story as Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was always a quarterback. He was a quarterback at Kent State, and the Patriots took him late in the draft in the seventh round, and they converted him to wide receiver. Well, it was the same for Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers was originally a quarterback. Jacoby Myers was undrafted and is now the – you know, small, shifty, good route runner type of receiver that Bill Belichick has had for a long time. And so Edelman's getting old, and I'm really seeing a trend here where Wes Welker was, you know, the the heavy targeted guy from 2007 until 2013. And as soon as Welker left, Edelman took that role. 
and Edelman from 2013 until now is kind of that that guy who's going to get gritty in between the the uh, hashes and and be that type of guy who can run those underneath routes, those slants, those out routes, and it's just crazy that Bill Belichick keeps finding these unorthodox wide receivers that are just shifty and quick and can get open. And so it's like a changing of the guard. Edelman's gone hurt. Edelman's old. I still think Edelman's good enough to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. But it seems like it's going from Welker, you know, Welker left, and then Edelman assumed the role. And now I think Jacoby Myers is the next, that Patriots type of, underneath short route wide receiver that can catch a lot of balls and it's exciting he was actually running all types of routes um newton was finding him deep finding him underneath he was taking hits through the middle getting open really on the same page as cam newton it's just crazy that cam newton's top wide receiver now was like one of the high school players that he was coaching um during the summer when cam newton went back to atlanta georgia the, the Patriots, though, this was really concerning. I, I honestly, it didn't look good. They were down 17-27 to 27 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Newton had a, a touchdown. Uh, Newton had two rushing touchdowns a game, actually. And um, the, the Patriots, it's still crazy that they only have three passing touchdowns on the season in eight games. Like, all of their touchdowns come in running. And that's just not a formula for a playoff team. Uh, Burkhead looked pretty good. 12 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. Damian Harris, 14 carries for 71 yards. Harris is also another bright spot for the Patriots. Newton didn't really get much when it came to running. He, he had 10 carries for 16 yards. But uh, Patriots win 30-27. to 27. It, Both of these teams aren't going to make the playoffs. And the whole tank for Trevor thing is over. The Jets are getting Trevor Lawrence, whether you like it or not. Uh, they're 0 9. I don't. I don't see them winning a game this season. They need a quarterback. They have Flacco playing right now. Darnold's been banged up. I still think Darnold has a career in the NFL. You know, he he's shown sparks and he's shown talent. Just I don't think this situation for Sam Darnold is the right situation for him. Uh, I think if he goes to a better situation. Maybe the Bears, maybe maybe the Steelers um, when Roethlisberger retires. I don't know, but I, I think Sam Darnold deserves another chance. He's been in a very, very bad situation ever since he's been drafted. And it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to be the next quarterback for the New York Jets. And it doesn't look all too gloomy because the Jets have a lot of cap space and they're going to have – that high draft pick. So I think that over the next five years, I do think the Jets are going to eventually be a playoff team. But uh, the Patriots, even though we won, I mean, do we really need that win? I wanted them to tank. Uh, we're three and five. I would say we're going to finish around 500 and just miss the playoffs. You know, it stinks, but hopefully we can get some free agent acquisitions. I know the um, – Patriots actually just signed a tight end, Jordan Thomas, from the Cardinals, 
And the tight end position has been absolutely invisible so far this season. We've gotten absolutely zero production from the tight ends. So hopefully that'll provide a boost in the offense. And, uh, yeah, the Patriots are playing the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. They're probably going to get crushed, but uh, we'll see. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Patriots. Hasn't really changed from last week. They just barely beat a very crappy team. So it really, in retrospect, is not that great of a win because you're supposed to beat the 0-9 Jets. And you're supposed to manhandle the 0-9 Jets. You're not supposed to beat them by only three points in the last seconds. So next part of this podcast, I'm going to be going over my MVP rankings. And my first on the MVP rankings, right now in the number one spot is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has 2,687 yards, 27 touchdowns, and only one interception. The Chiefs look very good. They look like they might win the AFC East. Not the AFC, sorry, just the AFC. They probably are going to win the AFC. It's them or the Steelers. Um, Mahomes looks elite as he has looked his whole career. That Chiefs offense is clicking again. Mahomes is number one. Number two, I think, is Russell Wilson. He did have a bad game against the Bills. He threw some picks. Um, in the past two weeks, he's thrown a good amount of picks, so I think that's why Wilson has dropped off from leading the MVP race to being second. Hopefully – Wilson can turn it around and you know start lighting it up again because I think Wilson deserves an MVP. I think he's been so good for so long and he hasn't really gotten that recognition among those elite quarterbacks. So I, I think Russ deserves an MVP. We'll see though. Uh, number three, I would say, is Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray has 2,130 yards, 24 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and 543 rushing yards. That Cardinals team actually looks pretty good. Um, right now, they're 5-3 and three and second in the NFC West. But I think they're a team on the rise. I think the Cardinals will make the playoffs. And I think they actually could win the division. I think they probably have a better defense than the Seahawks do. So, you know, Murray and Wilson are right there. Murray looks like really good on the ground, you know, 543 rushing yards, 24 total touchdowns between passing and rushing. Kyler Murray looks pretty dynamic, and with DeAndre Hopkins, that is a scary offense that that teams need to worry about in the playoffs. And number four in my MVP ranking, who just had a bad week, it's Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady just came off of a 200 yards, three touch, uh, sorry, three interception performance with zero touchdowns. I think he can still turn around. I think he'll still have some big weeks with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski throwing too. He has all the weapons in the world. I'm sure the offensive line will turn it around. I'm sure Tom Brady will turn it around. So, yeah, Tom Brady fourth in the MVP rankings. Now, the last part of this episode before we're all done, I'm going to go over the Offensive Rookie of the Year rankings. I think everyone thought Joe Burrow was going to win it going into the year. However, uh, I think it's Justin Herbert is in the lead right now. Justin Herbert has looked very good. He is that type of quarterback that reminds me of like a Patrick Mahomes, like just the type of quarterback that is mobile and has an absolute cannon with accuracy. And he's shown so many times how he can throw 50 plus air yard passes on a dime and he has that poise. He's a tall quarterback, big guy. 
He has all the intangibles that you would want in a pro-style NFL quarterback. And yeah, Justin Herbert, uh, 2,146 yards, 19 touchdowns, and five picks. He's first in my offensive rookie of the year ranking. Second would be Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow is thrown for a good amount of passing yards, but I think he still needs to develop. Um, he does have a pretty good receiving core, but he is throwing a good amount of picks. Joe Burrow has 2,272 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and five picks. He is second in my offensive rookie of the year rankings. And lastly, Justin Jefferson with 627 receiving yards and three touchdowns. He's had two really big games where he's had 170-plus receiving yard games. He looks like those big wide receivers that can really run down the field and go and get a deep ball. Maybe that type of Julio Jones-type player, and I think he has a very bright future. So that is it for Episode 9 of the Tifos Talks podcast. If you are still listening up to this point, I greatly appreciate you. Um, this podcast, I'm trying to get up off the ground and really get it going. Hopefully we can you know, keep getting views, and, and hopefully you guys are enjoying these podcasts. I like making them. It's just something I like talking about. It's my passion. You know, I really like talking about sports. And, you know, once again, I said this last episode, if anyone wants to be a guest on the podcast, um, feel free to DM me on any of my social medias or, you know, text me if you have my number. Um, if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, contact me. Like I just said, I will feel free to answer any questions and once again, um, if you give me a five-star review in the podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated. Hope you guys all have a great day or night. Depends on what time you're watching this podcast. And I will see you later.